with you. So, so go out and get you some juice or, or whatever and some, and some bread. And, 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 and moms and dads, you serve your families at home. We're going to share uh, communion together to, to, to kick off Easter. I'm real excited about that. I'll remind you uh, in the middle of the week as, uh, as, as we go through to, to get your, your, your equipment to have communion at home with. And when I do my midweek, mid-week update, I may even do 10 more push-ups and do, this time do them one, one-handed. Uh, but anyway, want to do that. Want to do that. Uh, I want to thank the guys and the girl that came out and helped us cut the, the Unity Center yesterday. We're going to cut the grass again there on Wednesday, April the 8th at 6 p.m. If you want to come and, and join us there. Uh, Tim wanted me to tell you guys that the Easter egg hunt uh, uh, has been canceled. Uh, we, we won't be able to do that this year. Also, Tim wanted me to remind you that he has set up uh, on the Church Center app and our website for your prayer request. And if you guys will send those in, we will, we will announce them and we will pray for them on, on Sunday mornings. And, uh, j- but just be aware that you can do that. Uh, I want to open this up in prayer and the guys have come and, and they're going to lead us in, in worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we welcome you here. We love you so much. We thank you that for your power and your presence. And Lord, this morning I pray for my church that you've given me as your pastor. I pray for the folks at North Point and I pray that you You keep your hand on them and show your favor. Lord, I pray for the ones that are sick with this virus. And Lord, I pray that it be eradicated miraculously. Lord, we love you. We trust you. And today we need your presence more than we do anything else. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Life takes its turn Ready now We live and we learn God's all we've got Don't let regret Stand in your way If you feel defeat Searching for I feel so confused with this path that I'm on. I feel so weak.
give it some time soon you will find what you're searching for searching for all right well good morning to everybody you can see we've doubled our band this week <laughs> and uh one good thing i mentioned it last week is when you don't have nine people up here it's a little easier to throw some different songs in there and so this song, this next song, is not one we normally do on Sunday morning, but it's really been one that speaks to me during times of uncertainty, which right now is kind of unprecedented uncertainty, I feel like. And, um, you know, when we're trying to control things, when times like these come about, it really gets exposed, or at least it does for me. So this song talks about that, how we can't do it by ourselves, right? We need God to help us, and the other thing it says toward the end is it talks about how we have to be different. We're called to be different, especially during these times, and if we're able to be like that, if we're able to be those um, those oaks like it talks about in Isaiah and stand tall during this time and not be swayed by the wind, we have a huge opportunity to be able to shine the light right out into the darkness of these times so um, that's what this song is talking about so host of hurts we come across none of which are like the air inside the birthing room to darkness where we die. Though I feel I'm just as strong as any man, I know I'm not able. I'm not able. I'm not able on my own.
Father God, thank you for this day. God, I thank you for the opportunity to worship you. Not only here at North Point, Lord, but all over the community, all over the country. God, we thank you for technology that allows us to do this in, in these times. God, we thank you that you give to us, Lord. And you give to us abundantly, Lord. You give us peace. You give us love. God, we're thankful for, we're thankful for that. We ask that you just continue to be with us in this service as we worship, as we focus on you. God, I ask that you be with Jim as he brings your message. We put all these things under the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Under the mighty name. Guys, I want you to join with me and give these guys a hand. They've worked hard. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm telling you guys, we've got, you, you know, we're not here completely by ourselves. We've, uh, we've got less than 10. And I want to thank these two guys, and I want to thank Jeff and Sue Schick and Conga Boy here and, and uh, EP. Uh, we're we're trying to to do our best here to to bring what we believe is the best news in the world. And uh, some folks ask me that is it tough when uh, no one's here? Well, God gave me a vivid imagination. And, and in my mind, I can just see the, the Gibsons walking in. And it's right about the time I get to preaching. And, and uh, I, I get to see, I, I can see folks sitting in their chairs. You know, and, and so I can see you in my mind's eye. Uh, I'm imagining that you're here. Although I miss uh, your touch. If you will, um, we're going to get started, and we're still in this series of uh, Rethinking My Life. Today we're going to talk about rethinking our, our view of, of God. And uh, if you missed the ones before, you can catch them on Podbean or, or Stitcher, our website. Uh, throughout this series, uh, we've been kind of focusing on, on, on one word and, and trying to bring it back to the, to the positive uh, definition, and that word is repent and our, today's culture wants to try its best to, to uh, make it sound negative but in the bible the word repent simply means to change your mind to turn around it's it's a beautiful word and i believe it is, as you know we talked about is is that our lives can change this week this week you, you know and 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 rethinking our view of god can help that. A.W. Tozer wrote, what comes in our mind when we think about God is the most important thing when we think about us. When we think about us. You know, who God is determines so much about our lives. It determines how we handle our problems, how we face the future. How we deal with our relationships, just walking around daily life doing business. And I want to begin uh, in, at the top of the outline with Psalm 145.3. It's a, it's a great verse. It says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. No one can measure the greatness of God. Someone once said, I wish I could remember who it was. If you can figure it out, then it ain't God. If you can figure it out, it ain't God. He's God and, and, and we ain't. So in the next few minutes, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to tell you everything about an, an immeasurable God. But instead, I just want to pass along a, a few things that I've learned uh, this week um, through this Bible study that what God has to say about himself in, in, in the word. And so I think the question that we want to look at is today is, is where does your view of, of God come from? Sometimes it comes from our circumstances. Whether they're good circumstances or, or, or bad circumstances. But what I found out in my 58 
short years of living is that when I get my view of God from my circumstances, it's very limiting. So today I want to base it on his word, which is eternal. And, 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 and some of you already know these things that, that I'm going to be talking about today. And, uh, and just kind of bear with me and maybe it'll just be a refresher. And, 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 but some of you don't want to know about God right now. You're, you're mad at him right now. But for some of you, I believe that, that it will and can radically change the way that you think about God. His word will point out some new way to think about him for you today. We're going to look at six ways to rethinking your view of God. Here's the first one if you're filling in your blank. Number one, accept his unconditional love. Accept his unconditional love. Now, now, now God is love, and that's, that's where it starts. Unconditional. What does that mean? You can't do anything to earn it. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith, it is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift so that no one can boast about it. It's a gift. You can't earn God's love. You can't earn hope. You, you can't earn grace. And you certainly can't earn forgiveness. It is a gift from God. And once you accept that, I want to tell you, if you're kicking the tires of Christianity, once you accept that, it transforms your life. And what you get, me and Mike talked about it this morning, is a peace. Is a peace. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, I want to tell you something. Anytime you see a, a therefore in the Bible, pay attention to what comes next. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Oh, man, peace. But I'm going to tell you, I want to give you a word of caution. Sometimes we fall away from this peace because we start treating uh, the, 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 the gift. We actually stop treating the gift as a gift. And sometimes we turn the gift into an expectation. What I mean by that is we say, well, what, what can I do now to earn or to pay God back for that gift. And when we start trying to pay God back for a gift, then we lose our peace. And it's, it's foolish to think that we can earn what we never could have earned. So I want to urge you today as your pastor and somebody loves you, accept God's gift of unconditional love. Also, I want to tell you, unconditional also means this that you can't do anything to lose it. It's not based on what you do. You can't lose it because you didn't earn it. God gave it. And he says in his word that he will never take it away. Hebrews 13, 5 says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. I'm going to tell you something. God's never is different from our never. And what I mean by that is, is January 1st, a lot of you, and, and I did too for a while, said, I'll never eat sugar again. How's that working out for you? I remember growing up, said, I'll never be like my dad. I'm 58. Guess every day I start looking like who? My dad. And some of you said, I'll never be like my mom. <laughs> How's that working? You, and some of you are becoming, are becoming just like her. I want to tell you something. God is all-powerful. His nevers are different than our nevers. He is eternal. And when he says never, he means never. You can't lose God's love. Now, some of you think that, that you got a... Uh, uh, Make a few more points with God. Some of you think that you got more points with God. I want to urge you to rethink that. Rethink that. Some of you are convinced 
that God could never love you? I want to urge you to rethink that. God's love is based on what he's done for you, not what you've done, not what you've done. The second way to, uh, uh, to, uh, to change your life by rethinking your view of God is this. Number two, appreciate his holiness. This is important. Appreciate his holiness. Because when we say that God is holy, we say that he is completely perfect. When we say that God is holy, we say that he is completely pure. When we say that God is holy, we're saying that God doesn't make mistakes. There is not a bit of evil in his character. He is unique in his greatness. 1 Samuel 2, 2 says, no one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Like our God. He is unique in his greatness. When God says something, I'm telling you guys, you can take that to the bank. You can count on him. Psalm 33, 21 says, in him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. That alone is big reason to celebrate. But there's a problem. I want, I want to go ahead and tell you, some of you guys are already thinking it. There is a problem. Anything holy is separated from unholy. Like perfect and, 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 and can't have anything imperfect in it. There can be no impurities in purity. Me, I am separated from God because of my unholiness. You ever felt like that? That you are just completely far from God? That you can't get next to him? Well, I'm going to tell you something. God has a solution. Jesus took all of our imperfections. He took all of our disobedience. He took all of our sin. And he put it on himself, and he destroyed it by his death. Thank you, Jesus. He destroyed it. That's why Jesus died on the cross. His, his death dis, destroyed our unholiness. He destroyed it. Oh, man. And if you and me, if we've accepted this incredible gift of God, you and me are classified as holy. We are classified as, as set apart. For him, I want to tell you something, guys. God's holiness is not far away. He made a way to purify us so that we can enter into his presence. Look what Isaiah said. He mentioned Isaiah a while ago. I am the high and holy God who lives forever. I live in a high and holy place. But I also live with people who are humble and repentant so that I can restore their confidence and hope. When we accept his holiness, when we accept his forgiveness, we are transformed and we can dwell with the holy God forever. I don't want you to miss out on this. Let God's holiness transform you. Don't ignore this. Accept his grace. Come dwell with him. Don't ignore this. this the third thing is this. Number three, trust his judgment. Especially in the days that we're in today that Mike talked about. Trust his judgment. But, but I don't want to start with his wrath. A lot of people want to start with his wrath and they think about that with his judgment. I want to, when I say trust his judgment, I want to start with his wisdom. If you really want to understand his judgment, then you've got to start with his wisdom. You, you know, God is the ultimate wisdom. He knows what's best. He, God is the one who will ultimately judge right or wrong. God is the ultimately the one who will judge what's healthy, what's helpful, and, and what's, what's safe and unsafe. God determines what's good or bad. God's judgment is always right. Romans 9.20 says this. I love it in the message verse. Who in the world do you think you are to second guess God? Do you for one moment suppose that any of us knows enough to call God into question? Clay doesn't talk back to the fingers that mold it saying, why did you shape me like this? Whatever situation there is, God understands it. Guys, come to him to find wisdom and hope. God wants to protect us from evil. 
God wants us to protect us from pain. And one day God will destroy anything that doesn't meet his standard of perfection. But I'm going to tell you something. God's objective is not to punish and destroy. God's goal has always been to save. His goal has always been to save. John 3, uh, 17 says, if you're saved, you can bank on it. You can bank on it. Let me read it to you. It's on the back side of this. God did not send his son into the world to judge the world guilty, but to save the world through him. I'm telling you guys, Jesus Christ came to save. He didn't come to condemn. If you're saved, you can bank on it. If you're saved, you're in the family of God. And that's, that's special. You don't have to fear the judgment of God. God doesn't punish his, his children. He corrects and disciplines them because he loves them. You and me in the family of God, we don't get punished anymore. We get corrected. Hebrews 12, 7 says this, be patient when you're being corrected. This is how God treats his children. Don't all parents correct their children? Don't they? God corrects us. Whenever we disobey God, I'm telling you guys, whenever we disobey God, sometimes we unknowingly invite danger into our lives. If you've been running away from God's judgment, if you've been running away from what he says about right and wrong, then I just got to tell you, you don't understand God's perspective. And you're missing out on God's plan for your life. Trusting in the judgment of God is accepting his wise protection in our lives. Here's what I do know this. God ain't no warden to escape from. God is a father to trust. Are you going are, are to trust your own judgment? Are you going to trust the judgment of God? Are you going to trust what, what God says is right and wrong? Or are you just going to try and figure it out? Number four, understand his timing. Understand his timing. The reality is, is there's lots of things, situations, Troubles, struggles that we just have to endure. Some of you guys could just barely get up this morning. You step, I know you're still sitting there in those, those lounge pants that are plaid or they got UGA on them or, or, or something. Some of you ain't even run a brush through your hair today. And some of you think, when is, why is God allowing this to, to continue? Why didn't he just put an end to this? And it's in these moments that we're in right now that Mike and Tate were talking about that it's, that it's hard to understand God's timing because nothing seems right about it. Psalm 27, uh, uh, 14 says this, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. God says to wait. Don't give up. Because the truth is this. God's timing is perfect. It doesn't always feel that way because we don't have the perspective that he does he sees a, a bigger picture you know I know for me I can't in in the middle of a good book I can't wait to see the end of it I have even skipped forward to read the end because I couldn't wait I want to tell you hang in there don't give up. There's going to be a great ending here. Because God is in charge and he is all powerful. He knows the end. And he's working at the best for his family. Look at what the word says, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord isn't slow about keeping his promises as some people think he is. In fact, God is patient because he wants everyone to turn from sin and no one to be lost. We think God is slow because he's not happening on our timeline. And God's looking at eternity. I'm going to tell you, God will make it happen in just the right and perfect way. Isaiah, oh, 
Where am I at? I've lost my spot. Isaiah 55, 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. I'm going to tell you something, guys. God's got it figured out. He knows. You, you can trust his timing. You know, the waiting period is where I get frustrated. How about y'all? Oh, man, I get frustrated in the waiting period. And, 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 and I think everyone does. But God's ways are different. But, you know, I like a plan. And, 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 but here God says to us, it's okay to have a plan, but wait on me. Wait, wait on me here. I don't even like a map, man. I get a map going east. I use a, a GPS going to food line. But God says, don't fix your eyes on the map. He said, fix your eyes on me, guys. Trust my timing. Because here's what I found out. Every time I doubt God's timing, and I'm ashamed to say this, but it reveals a misunderstanding of God and me. Just a missing piece of it. Sometimes he wants us to get to know him so that we can know ourselves before we move on, before he takes us to the next level. And sometimes this involves waiting on his timing. Guys, in the waiting period, we can learn more and more about him. Just trust him while you're waiting. Trust him while you're waiting. And when you receive it, don't worship the gift. Worship the giver. Worship the giver. I'm going to tell you something. We see it all the time now, right now. In our way. God ain't the delivery man. He is the deliverer. He's the deliverer. So why in this waiting time, ask God to show you something bigger. Ask, ask God to show you something more valuable about him and then trust him. Then number five, respect his strength. Respect his strength. God is strong. God is powerful. And in God there is safety and security. And, and they just sang about it a while ago. Lean on his help in good times and bad times. And guys, stop relying on your own strength alone. In every area, in every point in your life, Psalm 18, 2 says this, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me in my place of safety. Stand on that strength. Stand on that strength. And invite that strength into your life. Now, to respect his strength also means to quit pretending that he's weak or doesn't notice when I take him for granted. I had to really look at myself this week. There's been times I've taken him for granted. I got I to gotta quit pretending that I can live any way I want and still love the Lord with all my heart. I got to quit doing that. I'm not fooling myself. Much less fooling him. Romans 2.4 says, and this is in the message paraphrase too. Or did you think that because he's such a nice God that he'd let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. Radical life change comes from the word repentance. What this verse tells me is that God's kindness, I want you to really get this, God's kindness leads us to repentance. So if you're waiting on God to bring out the lightning bolts <laughs> before you change, you might want to thank your review, uh, uh, rethink your view of God. 
This verse tells us that his kindness leads us to repentance. His kindness, I want to say it again, his kindness leads us to repentance. To really change, we need to respect the strength behind the kindness. What I'm talking about, especially you dads, is the kind of strength that you show to a three-year-old. You could really blast them because you're a lot bigger. But you don't. You lead with kindness. Kindness leads to repentant change. It's kind of like electricity is too. You know, I, I hang around electricians, Ricky Davis and Jeremy Phillips and stuff. And then I love electricity because I don't like the dark. Electricity is kind to me. I flip the switch, the light comes on. I plug the refrigerator up, it keeps my milk cold. Re electricity is kind. But I'm going to tell you something, you got to respect the strength behind it. Amen? You, you, you'll get a jolt, you'll get a spark. You better respect that strength. And God is saying respect my strength. Even though I lead you in kindness and patience, respect my strength. You know, I'm embarrassed for taking advantage of God's kindness sometimes. I could have changed a little quicker. You know, I could have changed especially some wrong thought patterns a little quicker. I didn't respect his strength, and I let sin stay a little longer in my life. I didn't respect his strength, and I didn't choose to take that step of faith that he wanted me to take I took advantage of his kindness well 58 I don't live that I don't want to live that way anymore respect his strength now I'm motivated by his kindness and his love maybe that'll because it leads into step number six is this last one enjoy his presence this is what Mike and I were talking about this morning. Enjoy his presence. God wants you and me to enjoy just being with him. He just wants, because he loves just being with you. God has a lot to offer. Psalm 16, 11 says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Joy through his presence. Guys, I know it says God is great and, and, and God is huge, but, but just because he's greater doesn't mean he has to be far from us. I want to tell you something that I found out about God. He's close. And he wants to recognize that. And he wants, and, and he wants us to enjoy that. God is with you and me. We will not be shaken. But sometimes we struggle with God being close because of some of the things that we've done that wish we hadn't have done. Amen? Sometimes we, we are uncomfortable being in the presence of such greatness because being in the presence of such greatness shows our imperfection. But God wants us to enjoy being in his presence. Something needs to change here. Psalm 42, 2 says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet, and meet with God? I told Mike this week, uh, those of you that don't know me, I have two adult children. One is 26 and, and, and one's uh, 22. And I haven't done a lot right as a parent. But this week shows me that I've done some things right. They just want to hang out with me. This week and all these times of struggles. And Sarah's going through struggles and Luke's, you know, going through a lot of changes in his life with new job and about to get married and house. And, and, uh, and then all this corona. Luke and I enjoy the picnic at the QT on the tailgate 
Sarah rode around with me yesterday and her mom and we got milkshakes and pizza. They just wanted to be with me. She called her mom and says, Dad wants me to come have lunch with you. I'm going to have lunch with you. She was excited about being with her dad. Her soul thirsted for me. Luke's soul thirsted to be with me. What does your soul thirst for? Does it thirst for being with God? Does it thirst for rest? Does your soul today thirst for joy? Does your soul today thirst for peace? Does it search for significance? Does your soul thirst for strength? I want to tell you something. Those are all things that God offers. Those are all things that God can give you. And a lot of us, I'm sorry to say, and I did it for years, or we're trying to, to quench that thirst in, in places other than God. Because it makes us a little nervous about being that close to God. And it may be some good things, you know, or sinful things that you're trying to quench that thirst. But here's the truth, what I find out. They talked about this too in their singing. Our lives tend to look like our neighbors, even if they don't know God at all. And something about that is just wrong. You know, we don't become perfect as followers of Christ, but we should be different. We don't become perfect as, as Christians, but we should be changing. And one of the ways to do this is to be comfortable in the presence of God. Something needs to change. Jesus came to change. Jesus used the name Father when he prayed. He would say, Abba, when he talked to God. That way of praying changed everything. Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba. It's close. You know what my kids call me? Daddy. We was on the tailgate eating a QT dog. Luke says, Daddy. And Sarah at the age of 26 is hurting because some decisions that she's made. She don't call me Jim. She says, Daddy. Abba. Jesus taught us that we can be close and personal and intimate. That Abba, Father, God can meet our deepest needs. Some of us need to change the way we view God. This is painful. I know for a lot of men and women that have had a bad connection with their earthly father. And I want to tell you, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry of what, of what you went through. It's a tough time. You've been having a tough time putting in your trust into someone that we call Father because of the pain. But I want to tell you about our Heavenly Father. He's got all that, that you and me need. He's got it all. As a matter of fact, he's actually just what you need. He's actually where you can go be healed. So I want you to think of, the, of, of God as the Father that you never had. You never had. I ran into a young man at my diner this week. 
17. I was trying to get to know him. And I, I can, usually I can meet someone and I know within five minutes, I'm nosy and I know everything about them. I know who the parents are, the grandparents are, the, the dog's name. I was trying to figure out who this young man is. And he was telling me who his uncles was. And I said, who's your dad? His reply rocked me a little bit. He said, your guess is good as mine. Your guess is good as mine. But he has a heavenly father that loves him, that knows him, that calls him by name. And I pray that that young man get to know him, God, and that he would be his father and that he would heal him. And I want to invite you, as we get close to closing today, I'm going to share uh, three more verses real quick, just quick. But I want to share, this is my, this is my preliminary closing prayer, prayer. Just hold hands with the person next to you. Maybe your husband needs you to hold his hand today and he, you didn't know it. Hold your daughter's hand, hold your wife, hold your son. And I pray, my Lord, I pray that the people that, that need to know you, that's never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that they accept you as the Father that they never had. God, I pray that you would heal their external hurts. I would pray that you would heal their internal hurts, that they would mend this heart. I pray that you, God, would be the father that they never had. That they never had. I know you can. I know you can. And in that I say, my guess is good. My guess is good. Because I know you are that young man's father. My guess is good. Well, how can I do this? First of all, in Jesus' powerful name, I pray those prayers. I want you to look at me now. How can I successfully change my thoughts and views about God? Where do I get this from? Three verses real quick. Luke 24, 45, write that down. Then Jesus opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. You pray and ask God to, to, to help you understand the scriptures. Open your mind. The second is this. But God has given us his spirit. That's why we don't think the same way that the people of this world think. That's also why we can recognize the blessings that God has given us. His spirit. When you pray that prayer and you accept God as your earthly father, his spirit comes inside you and dwells and directs you. Let him direct you. Then I'm going to go back to the beginning. God is great, isn't he? Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Psalm 145.3. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. He is worthy of our praise today. No one can measure his greatness. Rethink your view of God today. Now let me pray for you. My Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the time and, and I thank you for the technology and the work that these young men and women have put in. And I pray that your word reaches out. I pray that, that God will, that, that you will permeate these folks' living rooms today with this song. Lord, use these young men as they praise you today and as they lead us in worship in songs about you because you alone are worthy of that praise. We can't measure your greatness. Great are you, Lord. And as great as you are, you still want a perfect relationship with us, a, a close personal relationship. And Lord, we can't be perfect, so you sent your son to take all our imperfections, all our sins upon him, and they destroyed him. Or he destroyed those things by his death. 
I can't lose that salvation. I can't unearn it because I didn't earn it. We thank you. We love you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. on turning and I'm scared to death there's all these pieces that don't fit together and I just want to feel better I need to see your face I need to touch your robe washed in your as white as snow Feels like 20 strings by 20 hands Going on for 20 miles Walking through the sand Then I saw you walking In the cool of the day You picked me up, cut my strings Gave me hope to believe Every word that you say
And uh, also, I'll remind you one more time this week, to prepare yourselves to do a self-examination. We're going to take communion again next week. Go get you some, some, some juice and some bread. And uh, I love you. Be nice to someone this week. Praise to the King of Kings. 
Everything and I will adore you.